Welcome to this week's episode of Dylan's Podcast. Lots of interesting things to talk about this week. I think I say that every week. Uh, This week I'm talking about some real estate, sharing some thoughts on courage and desperation, and really hoping that um, some of you who are listening to this are encouraged by what it means to, uh, to try and get your business over the goal line, to try and create something out of nothing, and um, I hope you find this interesting. So tune in and let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of Dylan's vlog and podcast now in video form. If you tuned in last week, you'll know that the podcast that I've been doing in an audio version only, I've decided to change it up a little bit, do a video version and continue to do the audio version, but looking to be a little bit more candid and share some of the things that I'm learning, some of the things that I'm working on in hopes that... um, there's another entrepreneur out there or someone in the audience that reson- is able to connect with what I'm sharing. They're able to uh, maybe reach out to me and start a conversation about something that I might be going through, um, that they might be going through. And I use my Twitter feed to kind of direct what I'm going to talk about. That's where I each day try to capture and record my thoughts, um, share what I'm thinking about, what I'm working on, the good stuff, the bad stuff, and everything else. So thanks for tuning in this week. If you are watching on the uh, on the YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to be able to see a screen share of my Twitter feed. If you're listening to this on the audio version, I'd encourage you to go to Twitter, follow me, follow you back, and you can see what I'm going to end up talking about. And I can flush out some of these tweets and what was going through my mind when I wrote it. Uh, just some quick updates as I kind of looked at my feed here since the last time that I posted an episode. Uh, I've been in kind of full-out sales mode. So we have I have a, on an on-demand labor service, an on-demand platform for folks that are looking for casual or temporary labor. And we've been busy uh, onboarding workers, flushing through them. We've been busy onboarding um, construction companies that are looking for temporary or casual workers. And that's really because we built this thing out of a need that our company has, and now we're making it available to other companies. And I've had some pretty interesting conversations because I'm the one doing the selling right now to job owners and we've got a great lady helping us manage our workers and uh, she had worked with me uh, in the past and um, has now just sort of taken up the charge and has done a great job making sure that new folks that get on board of the platform are doing well so anyway that's taken up a lot of my time uh, continue to force forcing th- I'm continuing to force through um, a few things through an intersection over the past week, met with my team at the construction company just to get a better sense of where we're going, what we're trying to achieve here in the next couple of years. And and uh, it was great, you know, some tough conversations that were necessary, but I really feel like we were able to get on the same page and all of us are looking forward to taking advantage of what's gonna be a very strong year for us. And we all know the lane that we're looking to go down. And so that's really great. And um, in other matters, I'm hoping to see uh, what's been sort of a three-year engagement come to some sort of an end. I think it's going to come to an end in a good way, uh, which is great. And that's going to lead to some of my updates that you're going to hear about as I go through my Twitter feed. So why don't I crack that open? Now let's just take a look here to see if I can uh, see if I can find one since the last time. 
yeah, so I spent a little bit of time, as you can see here, just talking about uh, signing up new workers. Um, actually, I might just park on that one for a little bit. So the tweet reads, I think we have the process of signing up new workers on lockdown. Focus now on locking down construction companies that need temp and casual uh, labor. So let's just take a look here. Um, Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, so I think we have the process of signing up new workers on lockdown, focused on locking down construction companies that need temp labor. So here's kind of the way things unfolded in the last week. The In order to be able to, again, we built this labor company, uh, or this service rather, because we have a need for laborers. In fact, the labor market's really, really tight, so it's hard to find laborers. And in the kind of work that we do, um, you know, it's a pretty tough marketplace uh, of individuals, high turnover. Lots of folks use what we do as a stepping stone to get to something better. So the first thing we had to do is figure out how do we onboard these workers. And it was um, that was probably the easiest part of the process. We, got a, we get a pretty steady stream of registrations coming in onto the platform every day. Uh, we do a telephone interview with them. Uh, we make sure that they've connected their bank account so that they can get paid as soon as a job is done. It's part of a verification process as well. So we did a really good job of sort of streamlining what we needed to do there. Came up with a bunch of templates. And the lady that's managing this part of the business, she's able to just sort of click through, get on the phone, talk to people, give them the information they need. And so that's great. Did a gear shift and now we're trying to onboard construction companies in the same fashion. And uh, it's proving to be a little bit more difficult, mostly because it's not quite as simple as just connect your bank account, let's put you to work. Uh, they have a lot of questions. Each company has their own criteria of what they're looking for. They have their own kind of system and their own process that you want to go through. But I think by the time, uh, certainly by today, as I'm recording this particular podcast, I think we've got a pretty good a pretty good way to onboard uh, job owners, and so that's going really well. So when I made that tweet, I was feeling good because we had kind of figured out the secret sauce: how do we quickly onboard workers and uh, and get them going? Um, oh yeah, I guess the big news here: this was last Thursday, I think. So yeah, four or five days ago. And the tweet reads, kicking the tires on a building for one of our businesses. Our goal this year is to double in size, which requires a larger facility. I don't particularly love real estate. Uh, and then I put in brackets, first decade of work was in commercial real estate. Um, but it can be a great investment. So this is kind of how things went down. Uh, one of our businesses, the one that I'm over the next couple of weeks, we're going to sort of see come to some sort of finality. Uh, we're looking to double, double in size. It means we need a brand new building. And I've been kind of softly poking around the edges on a couple of different properties. Uh, there was one that came up uh, in our local marketplace, which was perfect. In fact, it sort of came up under the radar because there was a major transaction. One company bought another company and this big piece of property was left over. It's about three and a half acres. It's got a couple of buildings on it. We could take one of the buildings for our business, which would double us. And then I've got some ideas on what I'd like to do with the other business. But for those of you that don't know, the first part of my career was spent in commercial real estate, in particular, raising money for developers and builders. And I've kind of done it all, foreclosed, put stuff in receivership, saw successful developments come together, saw un unsuccessful developments um, go sideways. And uh, what was it? Probably like 20, maybe 2014 or so, somewhere around there. I lose track of time. But somewhere around there, I had gotten... I decided just real estate wasn't really my jam anymore. It wasn't something I was particularly interested in. I'd been doing it for, at that point. I'd been doing it for 15, what's that, about 15 years? 
yeah, a little over 15 years. And uh, it just wasn't exciting anymore. Every deal kind of looked and felt the same. The math was the same. It wasn't intellectually honest or uh, interesting. <laughs> intellectually honest. Yeah, some deals weren't intellectually honest. No, it wasn't particularly interesting anymore. And so I made the shift to start working in tough companies that needed to be turned around. And so I've been cutting my teeth since then on getting into businesses, really developing my playbook for how to turn a business around, how to make it more profitable. And then in the last couple of years, because of COVID, was really able to learn some new tricks uh, and tips that I could put in my playbook. And um, and then, so this past week, when when uh, when this particular property was available, I went and met with the owner, um, took a GM from our business, and we went and walked the property for a couple hours, talked about a deal structure. And I'll be back there tomorrow, as it turns out, looking to see if we can't take the next step, uh, which is pretty great. And um, with all of... I guess with kind of all of the details, this particular one is intellectually interesting because I've got lots of things that I'd like to do on the property. It would be a project I'd probably work on all year. It'd be a great fit for our construction business to take a big piece of and uh, and do the work that's required to really bring this property up to date and, and take advantage of the thing I'd like to do. So, so that was last week. It was a lot of fun. It was interesting uh, to kind of it was kind of like riding a bike, you know, you takes a minute and then you start familiarizing yourself again with, oh yeah, right, this was this is the math, this is how this works. I'm a little bit out of touch with the local real estate market in terms of pricing, but I did spend a couple of days last week uh, pulling title, running through numbers, price per square foot, all that sort of stuff, and was able to kind of make a, a draft proposal to the owner. And uh, we'll see tomorrow where it all lands. But when I uh, blasted out that tweet, it was because I was just literally about to walk on site and kick the tires uh, on a real estate property. So we'll sort of sort of see where that where that goes and what happens with it. Um, yeah, Lisa and I were having we're having breakfast or sorry, we're having coffee as we do um, pretty much every single morning. And we were talking about, um, well, let me read the tweet here. So someone observing an entrepreneur might think they are courageous for quote unquote taking risks. Most times what appears to be courage is really desperation to get a result out of necessity, not choice. And as Lisa and I were having uh, coffee, we were, we were talking about um, in our lives right now, we really, really want to see some results coming from all of the work that we put into the last couple of years. And now that COVID is behind us and in our minds, we've kind of reconciled that the world just is what it is. If interest rates go up, if inflation takes over, so be it, this is just the world we now live in. And, um, we were talking about, you know, we were talking about desperation. We were talking about courage, and and I just had ended up connecting the dots. That oftentimes we look at an entrepreneur, and I'll use one of my favorite examples, of course, is Elon Musk. When he, you know, had two businesses, he had uh, he had SpaceX and he had Tesla. They were both looked like they neither one of them was going to survive, and he only had so much money, so he split it and put it to both of them. But he was sleeping on people's couches, and again, a lot of people look at. Elon Musk can say, man, that guy's really courageous. And as we were talking, it was like, wow, yeah, I mean, that's one way to look at it. You can look and say, man, these people are courageous. But a lot of times what, what appears to be uh, courage is, is really just desperation. And that desperation is what forces a result. And I often talk to my, my kids about it, my older boys in particular, but it's kind of like a pop singer who gets that big hit record. You know, they they came from little town, nowhere. They end up doing a really great job putting a record together. It becomes like a number one and they sell a gazillion copies and make a bunch of money and then they just never do it again. And I think the reason for that is that desperation to make it is what created the thing that uh, was was 
very, very valuable. And it's hard to have that moment again. So as we're having coffee, I just thought, you know, as an entrepreneur, oftentimes we might think we're courageous. The truth is we might just be desperate out of having no other choice but to get the result. And I got into a little Twitter thing with a guy a couple weeks ago, and I was sort of saying that desperation is what produces, you know, a diamond and kind of all this sort of stuff. And he said, wow, that'd be a terrible position to live in. And and I found myself saying, no, I actually think as an entrepreneur, it'd be a terrible position to not to be somewhat desperate to to want a better result. Um, I think as you get comfortable, you stop pushing yourself, you stop trying to learn new things, you rest on on your past victories, and then life just passes you by. And one day you wake up and realize you're, you know, a washed up has-been. And maybe your contribution to the world could have been even greater, but you just didn't didn't have that fire in your belly anymore. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. As an entrepreneur, you might be experiencing that right now. You might go, oh, I'm not courageous. I'm just desperate. Uh, to which I would say, yeah, I hear you. I feel about, about the same way for, for sure. Uh, let's see here. What else? Oh, yeah, this was kind of cool. Um, so here was the tweet. Date night included going to a pitch night at our local university. Seven pitches from university students trying their hand at being hashtag entrepreneurs. Cash up for grabs to the best one. So cool. Entrepreneurship matters. So we have a couple of universities in our city, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to volunteer with both of them on in their entrepreneurial class. And um, uh, every year, once or twice a year, they end up doing these pitch nights where, as part of the course, the entrepreneurs uh, in the or sorry, the students in the class get to be an entrepreneur. They have to take an idea and they kind of make it through a couple of different qualifying rounds, and then they get like this final pitch night where they can actually get some money to see if they can't take their idea to the next level. They get some support from an accounting firm. They get some marketing support from a marketing firm, and then they get like an actual check from one of our local banks. So anyway, uh, every Thursday night, Lisa and I, um, or most Thursday nights, pretty much every Thursday night, Lisa and I have date night and on this particular date night we decided to go to this pitch contest at one of our universities it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun because I'm a I'm a Gen Xer and um, you know my mid 40s and sometimes it's just nice to see fresh ideas with a different generation of what I'll just call them kids Um, I think both Lisa and I walked away uh, having yeah, some pretty some pretty deep impressions of what kids are, are thinking about these days, how they see business opportunities, what's important to them, things that maybe aren't as important to me or haven't been as important to me. But if you're going to work with a younger generation, you kind of got to keep your finger on the pulse. This was just a great night. It was great because as, as an entrepreneur, it's always exciting to uh, see people doing things, you know, back just to my earlier point about having courage and, and so forth. Some of these students, I mean, they really, they really have a... Um, a clear shot at taking a neat idea, a product or a service, bringing it to the marketplace, and who knows, maybe making a really big dent. I know that in both of our universities, we've had some pretty big companies come out of them, which is part of the role that universities play. And uh, anyway, it was, just, it, was a, it was a great night. It was great because as an entrepreneur, it's nice to see that there's other people wanting to take up the the cause and do it because I think entrepreneur entrepreneurs are really, really important in the economy. They're really important in our society. And I think it's sort of a, a double-sided blessing as an entrepreneur. You get the freedom uh, that you want to pursue the things that you want. Um, um, and the other side of it is that you also get an opportunity to you know, combine people and resources and solve a real problem in the market that benefits you know, the community around you and, and so forth. So it was great. It was just a really good night. I'd encourage you if you're an entrepreneur and you kind of feel like you're stuck in your rut, 
I know that uh, I can feel that way. Oftentimes when I go to events like this, it's just a nice mental reprieve. Uh, it's nice to be around people that are talking about different things than what I'm talking about every single day. I find it refreshing to hear people push around ideas, uh, pitch, I mean, in this particular example, pitch their ideas and just kind of what they're, what, what they're thinking about. And I always leave events like this uh, energized and just excited to continue um, pursuing the things that we're working on in our portfolio. So if you're an entrepreneur and you need to get out of your rut, I'd encourage you go do something like this. Go get involved in your local venture capital community, in your local angel network, your local mentorship network. Um, maybe not like breakfast clubs with other with other entrepreneurs, although that's really helpful, but getting involved in like the next generation somehow. If you've got a college or a university, um, uh, I would contact the business department and say, look, how do I get involved? How can I be a mentor to some of these students? Or do you guys have a, an assignment that I could you know, help some students with? It's just nice to see what other generations are thinking about and what they're doing. And this was a pretty, this was a pretty cool evening. So um, let's see here. Yeah, I just made a mention there that I'm running some math on a real estate property, and that goes back to uh, what uh, what I talked about earlier. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe I, I could probably just end it here on this one. Um, let's just pop this up on the screen here. So there was a tweet that I put out. Um, this was yesterday, actually, Monday, the beginning of a brand new week. Always feel great about Mondays. It's always nice to get kind of a fresh start. My tweet was... On the phone all day chatting with construction-related companies about our on-demand labor service, pretty binary results. Yes, what a great idea, how do we get started? Or nope, very little pitching needed. When the idea sells itself, good things happen. So back to this whole courage versus desperation. I've just been on the phone calling. And at first my, my sales pitch was pretty long-winded and very typical, you know, hi, my name is Dylan, calling from here. I wanna tell you about this, what do you think? And then we just, I got it down to kind of like a single sentence and it's been working out really well because what it's forcing is it's forcing people to say yes, absolutely, no, not a chance. There really is nothing in the middle. And I think there's a, a lesson in there uh, that I take away because I'm always working so hard to try and get every single customer that I can. And that's, I mean, forever, that's just what I've done. But this exercise is interesting, mixed in with some other content that I've been, that Lisa and I've been uh, working through and, and listening to a guy named Alex Hermosi. If you haven't looked him up, you should. Pretty interesting cat. Lots of good takeaways. Lots of practical takeaways that that we're putting into work. But anyway, it's just this idea that you know not everyone needs to be our customer. And you've heard me talk about it before on the podcast, probably many times. Like pick a niche, dominate it, become the leader in that niche, and then once you've established your ground, then look to branch out. You don't have to go the other way and try to capture the whole market. Because chances are you're not going to do a very good job anyway. And there probably already is a dominant market player that you're going to bang up against. So it's easier to try and carve out a space for yourself in the market, a particular type of customer. And uh, I talked about this even on last week's uh, episode. But as I've made sales calls since that episode, it's become even clearer that you just really want to work with the people that are a raving yes, not a, well, kind of maybe no. And the reason for that is because it also tells you how well you've done at creating value quickly. And I, I have this kind of this thing I've over the years I've messed around with with Google Ads. I don't know if any of you have done that Google Ads or Facebook Ads. And there's sort of a format that you have to have in order for the 
add to get uh, a really great click-through rate, a really low cost per click. There's just sort of this whole formula that has to go into it. But then as I was making calls, you know, I realized it's kind of the same thing. A cold call is really just a very well done Google ad. And if your headline is right, and your subtext is right, and your call to action is on point, you're gonna get a high click-through rate. And so I'm now looking at my sales calls as Google ads on the phone. That might be a little bit obscure for some of you, but it's working really well for me as kind of a mental model as I go through the calls. And every time I'm done a call, I do a quick little postmortem. Why would why that feel so awkward? Why was there some friction? Or how come that went so well? And um, maybe that's helpful to you as an entrepreneur if you're trying to get on the phone and you know phone sales not really it's not really your jam. You don't get up in the morning to make sales calls. Uh, this might be one way to frame it, you know. And really, all you're doing with the phone is you're kind of like Google except it's reverse search. You're going to get the people that you think need you instead of waiting for them to contact you. And if you've never done Google Ads before, this might not resonate with you, but if you've ever done any kind of online ad campaign, you'll know there's, you just have very a very small piece of real estate that has to be perfect in order to capture uh, your audience. And so that's working well for me uh, with cold calls. Anyway, I think I'm going to park it there. Um, this That's the end of this this episode. Lots of stuff going on since last week. Stay tuned as I maybe next week pick up the pieces on telling you how that real estate deal came together. I am looking at some other properties as well. So it's not just this one, but this one would be pretty much perfect for what we're trying to achieve with our portfolio and uh, would be a fun project to work on for me. Uh, it would be interesting. And then uh, hoping by the time I post the next episode, we've tied off one of our businesses, something we've kind of been in a, in a relationship and an engagement for the last couple of years, and that's going to be coming to an end. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. And uh, and then with our business valuation platform, uh, I wasn't able to give any updates on this episode, but I will next time. Uh, we have decided to do a couple of different things with it than kind of what we had been doing with it based on what we've learned and quite frankly just based on how much time we have so anyway stay tuned thanks for joining uh make sure to subscribe hit the bell uh, uh like or review the podcast episode because when you do that it gets in the ears of other people who might be able to benefit from it but most importantly i do this to work out my own thinking and to connect with other entrepreneurs so look me up on linkedin drop me a message look me up on twitter send me a dm let's connect would love to hear about your business and what you're doing um, these episodes are my way of, of trying to share my story of what I'm doing, but ultimately I'm gaining the most right now in my life from listening to other people's stories, um, on Twitter, on YouTube, a little bit on LinkedIn and would love to hear yours. So let's make sure that we connect and make sure you sign in or download or participate and connect with next week's episode. Have a good week.